Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back, a local fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Hosted by Nick Morowski and Pat Hester. Hey, Sox fans. Welcome to Good Guys Talk Back. Uh, This is a fan-centric Chicago White Sox podcast. Uh, Welcome to episode 204. I am Nick Morowski. And you can find this podcast absolutely everywhere. Uh, We are recording live uh, on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't, uh, head over there to subscribe, watch us, uh, follow the podcast uh, on Twitter at GoodGuysTV. We've also got a Facebook fan page all over the social media world. Um, Got some stuff to break down here. Some movement in the AL Central uh, not involving the Chicago White Sox and John Morrissey of the MLB Network, uh, positive on on the White Sox. We'll talk about that. But he's saying the same thing I think we've all been saying this offseason. And Nick Madrigal, that that name will not go away. We're going to talk a little bit about him as well. To break all this down, my good friend, diehard Sox fan, Pat Hester, hello. Nick, it's uh, it's good to talk to you, buddy. I I cannot believe that we're going to spend time yet again (laughs) talking about Nick Madrigal, mm-hmm. but here we go. And this is where mm-hmm. we are. And this is where this organization continues yeah. uh, to put us because mm-hmm. uh, other teams make moves, make trades, the trade market. I was told the trade market would materialize and things would happen via the trade. And <laughs> the look dust out. Was, is now look settled out. all the way. Yeah. Look out, trade, <laughs> <Yeah>. trades. <laughs> and nothing, nothing yeah. has happened. So uh-huh. this is, uh, this is what we got, brother. Yeah, I'm not going to lead with the Nick Madrigal. No one's interested in talking about Nick Madrigal. So let's uh, that's not the, that's not a lead. We can't okay. stomach it. I can't stomach talking about it right away, uh, but we'll get there. Uh about 3 weeks, Pat, until pitchers and catchers uh, mm-hmm. report, roughly 9 weeks until opening day, and we are still waiting on that big trade. The big trade. The big trade. It's uh if you're familiar with Seinfeld, it's like when that that gentleman who did the triangles, right, uh, was uh, shoveling <laughs> spaghetti in his mouth, yeah, and said, uh, "So when's the big date? When's yeah. that big date, Elaine? Where are we going? Oh, sorry, I think we're off to the Poconos, yeah. uh, and uh, yeah. it seems like Hans off in the Poconos somewhere. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know if this trade's going to happen, but we were promised a trade. Well, again, it was setting this the off season up for." You know, there the, there won't be any money spent. We can't throw money at things yet. We threw $75 million at a left fielder, and I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, you know, and Clevenger came along, and that that we'll see what kind of deal that ultimately pans out to be. Uh, but we were bracing and anticipating uh, a trade market. And again, it leaves just me wondering, again, I go back to this year after year after year, set the market set mm-hmm. the tone yeah. for the off season why do you have to wait for everybody else's chips to fall why does everybody else have to leave the table before you can pick up the scraps why can't you sit why don't you sit there at the table with you you know you do you like the cartoon guys you got this the, the napkin tied around your neck and you got a knife and fork in your hand ready to devour a meal mm-hmm. why why can't we be like dreaming that? of like a t-bone yes. like there's some sort of cloud dream of yes. some sort of yeah, we're just state. like at the bottom like like mm-hmm. little puppies scratching at the bottom and waiting for something to fall you know into our mouths and it's yeah it's ridiculous and, and again these things continue to happen and the then the, the, the fan base you know oh what if we traded this and then we got you know the so the Marlins and it's like, it's, it's getting uh, to the point of ridiculous now because, because whatever trade could be done, isn't for anything that's going to be worth anything. Yeah. Am I right? Well, I mean, I don't know. It, maybe there's a deal that uh, has been percolating and just things have not, you know, come together and maybe, you know, just take some time. And then there's another chip that's added here and there. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Certain free agents are, are just about gone. I mean, if you think about Josh Harrison or Elvis Andrews uh, as your possible second baseman, I think Boston's going to gobble up one or two of them with the Trevor Story situation, and they lost Bogarts, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's the that's the worry, right? Is you know, like there are teams that are desperate. You know, like things happen to their club where they don't they're not going to wait around, um, and. 
if if the Sox really saw Elvis Andrews as somebody early on is, yeah, we want this guy back in the organization. Well, then make that move. Make yep. that move, uh, you know, right away. I, I don't know if that would have been like an early aggressive move. Um, however, they did go after Clevenger like he was white hot. But uh, yeah, those guys are still out there. But other teams are making moves in uh, our division. And it could be for the White Sox uh, addition by subtraction when the Minnesota Twins traded Luisa Rise to the Miami Marlins for essentially Pablo Lopez. Um I mean, Arise, Thorn in our side, Pat, uh, obviously broke up Dylan Cease's no-hitter this past summer, uh, a guy that you just felt like was getting on base three, four times a night, uh, you know, hits the contact. Um, tough out, you know. Yep. He, he plays for the average, and, uh, you know, it's not the first time uh, a, a Thorn in, 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 our, in the White Sox side has been, you know, kicked out of the AL Central, but – your initial thoughts, you know, when you when you heard this go down um, with Louisa Rise. Well, it seemed I was a little taken aback by it. It shows the desperation the Twins have to continue to try and bolster what their weakness is, which is their starting pitching, and bringing in a starting pitcher that's probably on the high side of two and a low side of three, which is good. You need to have those guys. Everybody's got to have a, a two and a three in their in their rotation. So, um, you know, but then again. From a from an opponent standpoint, maybe this is really stupid, but you're going to see that guy not every day, like you will in a rise. Like I'm, I guess at first blush, when it's not a top end ace type pitcher, I'd rather have a rise uh, out of the division. Am I wrong? No, you're you're right. You'll see uh, Lopez you know, four, maybe five times. And hey, good pitching will be good hitting. So if if Lopez is just lights out every single time he faces us, like we had those moments, maybe it was Scherzer or Verlander. We had moments where we handled Verlander, but there were also times where Verlander just ate our lunch. Mm -hmm. And to get him out, you know, of the division finally was great. Uh, but anytime you saw that starting pitcher, well, that's a you know that's a loss. We're just not going to be able to handle this guy. It's almost like with some of the Cleveland arms that we see and used to see. I mean, they they they've been gone. You know, Corey Kluber left and uh, Clevenger left. <laughs> he went on a journey. Now he's yeah. he's back in the Central with us. Um, so I, I you know I'm glad Arise is gone. Yeah, that, that's um, hey whatever you're doing over there in Minnesota, but um. It just feels like to get so excited about that as a Sox fan that another team is making moves and it, we feel like we're the benefactor because we're not making any moves. It stings a little bit, you know, it, yeah. but hey, it's exciting, but I wish it was us making our own future, you know. Well, do you think so? Let me ask you this, Nick. I mean, you you saw it on on Twitter. Do you think the majority of the fan base was was a, quote unquote excited, and it was a more of a Bronx cheer type of thing? Like we've got nothing else to to root for here. This isn't really. I'm not really that excited that you know uh, the arises out of the division that much. But this is the move that's made. This is this is in my mind bettering my team with having uh, a rise off the twins. So I, I think it's yeah. more of a sarcastic clap, if you will. Sure, I get that, uh, and it is what it is. I mean, it's like it's, it's not like the Sox were in, involved in this. Uh, we're just kind of sitting back and and hopefully benefiting uh, from that situation. Um, but again, you know, who knows what what they've got in store with Pablo uh, Lopez and. And I just, you know, you look at some of the arms that, uh, you know, we didn't really see it with Detroit, but but we can. They've got some young arms. I mean, Cleveland still has some pitching. Um, I wonder if, you know, when when Jose Abreu left for free agency and ultimately signed with Houston, if that's the reaction from other teams in the AL Central. It's just like, wow, we just um, – I feel like we might have gained a little bit here. You know, mm -hmm. the fact that Jose Abreu uh, is gone, you know, and Jose Abreu uh, definitely had his teams that he dominated and played really well against. But I, it might not be the same because Abreu was around so long and performed at such a high level. But uh, I feel like the White Sox have been 
you know, at least for me, I think about names like Lindor and, and I mentioned Scherzer and, and Verlander and Hey, when Whit Merrifield finally left uh, the Kansas city Royals, uh, thankfully, you know, and I, I just hope I don't see him in the AL central uh, again, Cleveland and all their pitchers Cruz. I remember when, you know, it was mm-hmm. finally, we don't have to deal with Cruz yeah. uh, anymore. Um, so that just seems like it happens and, and we benefit from that maybe, but you have to really benefit, you know, that, that's like when teams get weaker in, in your division, that's where you as a club should say, well, then we need now to double down and get stronger, you know, really step on some backs. If you, if you, that's what you're going to do, if that's the move you're doing, you're sending a rise out of the central off of your team. Well then, you know, we need to be stronger, not just get stronger because someone else got weaker. Yeah, it seems to me like this is going to be a, you know, as we get closer, I'm sure we'll talk about it more. And I know we're going to reference uh, some of the the early predictions that have been made about this White Sox team in this division. But it seems to me like it's a it's a three team race and and none of them are, are really head and shoulders above the other. Um, we thought last year going into it that and most people did thought that this White Sox team would be head and shoulders above the rest of uh, rest of the division, the class of the division would probably run away and hide with this, with this division, but that didn't pan out. Now with last year's failure, it makes you feel like this division is, is going to be really close this year, even though the White Sox were not, uh, the winners of, uh, of the central last year. So yeah. it'll be an interesting way, uh, to see how this, this season starts and how it pans out, uh, throughout the year. But, uh, it doesn't feel like one team is is really going to be the dominant team in, in this in this division this year. I don't know how you feel about it. Well, I, I mean, we could jump to you know what what we saw on Friday on the MLB Network this past Friday, January twentieth. Uh, John Morrissey just doing kind of a rapid fire uh, on the AL Central. You know, he he had early predictions of, of how each team was going to place. And in a little synopsis, didn't spend a lot of time, you know, a couple minutes on, on each team, you know, positive, negative, kind of what their 2022 uh, was like and, and where they're projected and, and who to look out for. And, you know, he's got the White Sox winning the division, uh, you know, in, in 2023. And what he basically said, and again, these predictions were before the Arise deal, not like yeah. the Twins would jump up at all. Uh, but he did have, you know, White Sox, uh, Cleveland, uh, Detroit, uh, Kansas City. And he talked about health. You know, the thing mm-hmm. that we have been sold as fans from Rick Hahn uh, and, and Sox, you know, just I feel like Sox brass in general. Like that has been the motto of return to accustomed levels. Let's just get healthy. Let's get our core healthy, all playing together for 135, 140 games, uh, let's have guys return to some of those breakout years that they had. You know, some guys that haven't quite hit their potential, they hit their potential. And then you lean in on, you know, Kopech and Vaughn. And and what Morrissey said, you know, biggest problem for the White Sox in 2022 was health. Now, I would disagree uh, because there were other problems, you know, how they approached the game, you know, chemistry, just, I think, guys playing out of position, you know, it just, it it was a mess for a lot of different reasons, but obviously because of health guys had to take on different type of roles. So essentially what Morrissey is saying, what we're all kind of tongue in cheek saying as White Sox fans is just have a healthy season, just stay healthy, everybody. Well, you'd like to think that it it would go that way. And, uh, but I can't, I don't think you can bank on just everybody returning and, and being great, you're probably going to have some guys that actually regress, Nick. I mean, you're going to have some folks and it might be a guy like a Lance Lynn, you know, someone that's a, that's more of a, a veteran has had injury issues. Obviously the knee was, was it the knee or the back or what was it last year that kept him out at the beginning uh, of the season? Knee, I, the I knee. Think it was the yeah. Knee. So it was the knee problem to start last year. And then he, you know, he ended the year prior to that one on, you know, with some health issues. So I, I don't know that I can assume that we're just going to get the same level out of a Lance Lynn. I don't know what type of a level we're going to get with a Michael Kopech. There's a, there's a ceiling there, right? Uh, but there's going to be other guys on this team that may go the other direction, which ultimately might mean that you kind of, 
average it out, right? And and you're looking at another 500 season if that's the case. A, a guy that was uh, talked about a lot this past week, uh, he made himself available to the media and there were all different kinds of videos. I feel like articles all over the place. Uh, Dylan Cease. Now, Dylan Cease, runner-up in the AL Cy Young Award, um, you know, lost to Justin Verlander. One of the one of the few bright spots of the 2022 season uh, was Dylan Cease. Really stepped up. I mean, stepped up in a kind of in a. I've got pitches that you can't hit, and I'm just going to throw them. And you know, good luck. Uh, you know, just the confidence, the edge that Dylan Cease had. He had some nasty, nasty stuff. Um, walked a ton of batters, led the league in walks, but you know, you're going to have that as a strikeout pitcher, the way he is would love for him to limit some of those three, two counts. Those, you know, he throws a lot of pitches and sometimes he just can't wipe a guy out. I'm sure he didn't want to trust the defense. I don't blame him. And he wanted to do it himself. Uh, talked a lot about what he's working on, working on a change up feels like he doesn't really have to reinvent too much. It's fine tuning right now. He's not going to pitch in the World Baseball Classic. He's preparing uh, for the long haul uh, for the 2023 season. Now that that's a that's a daunting task, Pat. Is your you you came in second in the uh, you know AL saying he's going to be the ace of the staff, and that's tough. You know we talk about Giolito, you know improving and returning to accustomed levels, or a Lance Lynn, or even a Clevenger, but. You know, dare I say, Cease has got a lot of pressure on his shoulders too. Well, there's a there's a scenario, Nick, where where Cease could have a really good year, but not as good as last year, and it's a you know it's a decline. He yeah. may not be as dominant. He may return back to a two or three type of guy, and that leaves you holding the bag for for an ace of the staff. So uh, there, again, I, I hate to. This is where you're at in this type of in this in the season, right? You're a lot of what ifs and predicting mm -hmm. this and who's going to do that. Um, you know, I'd like to believe that Dylan Cease is, you know, is on a trajectory of going up and it's still, you know, right. You're, you're on the roller coaster and we're going up the hill right now. Um, but we just don't know because, you know, he's never put it in a back-to-back -back years, right? Cause he, his career is short, uh, so far to this point. And he's had a lot of ups and downs early on last year was his best year, obviously, and the most consistent year that he's had. Now we've got to see it stacked back-to-back. Right. And, and you mentioned a lot of videos and making himself available in media. G leader did the same thing. People went, Oh, Gaga over some mechanics that he's working on and the way he looked. I, I don't know. I look at it and go, I can't, you know, I'm a moron. Well, what do I know? You look like he's throwing a ball for crying out loud. So he looks it's like, slender. He looks, thinner. Oh, yeah. he, he lo looks like yeah. there's more, you know, whip on the arm, uh, more agile. How's oh, that? That's <laughs> exactly what you're calling for, right? More <laughs> yeah. agile. You yeah. wanted him. You yeah. wanted that whip. Like so, a jungle cat, you know, just yeah. really spry, um, lean, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it is the season for videos to come out on guys working <laughs> on things and, and some early uh, predictions sure to go wrong. Um, but it's, again, it's good to, it's good to hear that. And it's good to hear some positive things about this team. It's, I think Gio had some positive things to say about Grafal and, and his conversations he's had with him, but you know, the proof is in the pudding. We'll see what happens. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how these guys will attack spring training this year versus years past. If there will be a noticeable difference, uh, with a new manager and how guys are going to report to camp, but you know, who, I think we're going to talk odds in a, in a little while, Nick. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder what you think. Uh, who is the first person to come into camp and say to a media person, this is the best shape I've ever been in in my life? Uh, I, I, you're going to get who is, who is going to have it? Who's going to have the best shape of their life? I could see I could see uh, Aloy Jimenez maybe saying something like that. Yeah. Um, I could see Tim Anderson maybe saying something mm -hmm. Um you know, I, I think the focus is going to be, yeah, it'll be on the shape, you know, like mm -hmm. what, what shape you're in. But I think the focus is going to be on this uh, motivator from last season, you yeah. know, and Giolito kind of already tipped, tipped the hand of what the edge is going to be with this team. What, what the, uh, you know, you, those sound bites that, that we all love, that we want to repeat. And, you know, the, the motivator is the failure, mm -hmm. you know, how bad things went. Uh, individually and as a team in 2022 and uh, we've got something to prove you know watch out like we're taking back the al central and you know morrissey hits on what 
we locally, we as Sox fans uh, realize, but again, to your point, uh, you'd be foolish to just put all your hope and uh, assume uh, that for sure this is going to happen. It's the what if. It's if this could happen and we could get uh, the core five, six guys uh, playing uh, good baseball, you know, up to their potential, if not beyond for 135, 140 games. It's scary when you really think about it. You know, if you if you kind of just, just look at the lineup and you look at some of previous numbers when they were having great years and and, and the lack of games that they've played and, and being together and all that kind of stuff. And if it just goes right, uh, of course, I know better as a White Sox fan forever, but if it goes right for a majority of the season, it's, it, it could be a magical year. And by magical, I mean, like, they're going to win the Central. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, let's we're, not, let's we're not have, think too we're big. Have blackout, uh, blackout game uh, 3.0 or whatever. And uh, Gavin Sheets is going to hit a bomb onto the concourse. And they're going to give him just a ridiculous contract. And uh, we won't hear from him for a couple of years. Yeah, that'll be. So there you go. I'm going on a deep wait. dive there wow. with predictions. That yeah, is a big predict- I can't wait to be sitting next to you at uh, at a blackout game to 3.0. Three, and, yeah. and, uh, and we'll be an early exit out of the playoffs yet again. It'll be a <laughs> one, one win. <laughs> so uh, Morrissey also uh, said Graveman uh, could like, is most likely going to be the closer and in, in his little, you know, kind of blurb on MLB network and, I still don't know if I'm a lot has to be sorted out and, you know, we've got a whole spring train and we've got 30 mm-hmm. games. I'm assuming it's going to be, I, I think they know where they maybe want to lean right now. Uh, I, I still think Ronaldo Lopez can do it. Um, yeah. I, I think he's got some, 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 he showed a lot last season. He, he really did. Uh, he stepped up the control and it's that nasty pitch though, that out pitch that, he, he doesn't quite have, or at least I haven't seen it. Well, Nick, it'll be interesting to see how they go, because I think you go, if I'm a manager, I'm going to go with the known over the unknown to start the season. And if it's Kendall Graven has you know been in that position in the past, maybe that's what helps him return to his, his better form. Uh, because again, I wasn't overly impressed by a Kendall Graveman last year and the role that he was in. Maybe as a closer, he steps up and he's he's more of what we thought we were getting uh, when he got when we got him prior to last year. So if you're talking, you know, we have to make a decision. I, I'm with you. I'm I'm not really a big advocate for it, but if I'm playing the role of Pedro Grafal today, uh, I'll say let's let the guy that's actually done it before in the bigs assume that role. And it's his job to lose type of thing. And let's go into the season with everybody having an idea of where their roles are. Right. Because I think that was the biggest problem, whether it was whether it was you're talking about your bullpen or, or your starting staff or your everyday players. And I don't think anybody really felt comfortable with what their role was on this team. And I think that'll be a really good way for Grafold to establish himself right away with this team and go. Tim Anderson, you are my everyday shortstop and you are my everyday leadoff guy. Not that that was much of a, I mean, Timmy usually, you know, let off, mm-hmm. you know, most games, but I, I think it's like you, this is who you are for me. Get used to that. Know where you're going to be at and be, you know, well prepared to execute and win every day at that role. And I think that's just, I mean, that's just in, in normal life when you're set up for success like that, I think if you have that like narrow focus on what you need to be doing, then you can succeed. And I think, I think that'll help again, going from everyday players to your bullpen. It's like, okay, this is, this is what we've established. And until further notice, be prepared to do this on a day to day out basis. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I think we were calling for it uh, last season with the, you know, the, the lineup, the revolving door, the roulette wheel, however you want to phrase it, of what the lineups were like. And again, I know that there was health issues, but, you know, playing people all over the place, nobody really knew where they were going to be hitting or maybe where they were going to be out in the field. And A.J. Brzezinski made a comment about it. I think it was during a national game. And, And he said, you know, something that he really valued was knowing where he was hitting in the lineup on a consistent basis. Like he walked in, uh, you know, to get ready for the game. Like he just knew, he knew going into the, into the, um, you know, into his prep, you know, into his routine. Like he didn't even have to almost check the lineup. He just kind of knew who was going to be in front of him, who was going to be behind him. 
uh, and how that was going to go. And, and it just, uh, there's a, there's a comfort, you know, yeah. I think you baseball players, like, like most athletes and, and most humans in general, like they, they get into routines mm-hmm. and I think they perform under routines. And when, when things are all over the place, sometimes, and sometimes you have to because of unforeseen uh, situations, but I would like there to be a precedent early, you know, coming out, even coming out of spring training of this is where we're going. This, this is, this is what I'm putting out on the field, set it and forget it. And, and, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And if I need to make adjustments, I need to make adjustments, but I, I don't want to be whipping around and, and throwing people in different spots in the lineup, just knee jerk reaction. Like that, that's not like, let it, let it go. Let it marinate. How, how long bit. do you think we could go? How long would you give if you're a manager, Nick, and you're, you know, maybe it's the beginning of the season or you're into the season and the offense just isn't clicking the way you want, or maybe your bullpen, the, the guys aren't executing. How long of a leash uh, would you give it before you make changes? Is it two weeks of bad play? Is it a week? How long do you need to see? You know, you asking you me? See, yeah, I'm like asking if you. I'm Nick the manager. Morowski, yeah, if Nick I'm Morowski the manager. Well, you you know my mentality. It's every game counts just as much. Okay, so I'm counting my March, uh, my April, my May. That's where I'm going to make hay. That's where I'm we going just to rhymed right there. <laughs> Well, that's one, that's one of the things you get with me as a manager. Yeah, I do a rhymes. lot of rhyming. There you go. Um, that's where I'm going to steal wins. Okay, mm-hmm. that, that's where I'm going to grab wins. You know, it's inclement weather. You know, I'm going to steal some wins. You know, because it is going to be difficult uh, down the stretch, and I'm not going to take the front, the beginning of the season for granted. And like, well, we're going to play for the long haul, and you know, we're playing for October. That's great. You know, but you should be playing for right now. You know, because you could really set yourself up uh, when there are going to be entries, when there are going to be lulls, uh, you know, in those dog days, uh, you know, you open up against Houston. You also know me where I, I'm in I'm in on every game. I'm in on mm-hmm. like every inning. My emotions are, you know, I remember opening day last year when they blew that game in Detroit. I was almost unconsolable. I was absolutely livid. And people trying to talk me off the ledge on social media, you know, loved ones, friends, like, hey, guy, it's it's the first game. Like, you don't understand. These are precious. You can't just be giving them away. So the, the opening series is, of course, Houston. It's a four-game series against Houston, you mm-hmm. know, in Houston. So I, I think you have to, you know, kind of look at that in a little and maybe in a different light. Uh, and then you come home against San Francisco, and then you've got Pittsburgh and Minnesota. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe two to three weeks, but I also feel like you got to let guys, you know, find their groove, find yeah. the rhythm. You know, that, that that's where my, you know, if it's not working after a couple weeks, but I don't know that if it's not working, maybe it's because it like was never supposed to work in the beginning. Like you yeah. know, like Lurie Garcia was leading off totally. and like, I wouldn't put, you know, again, like, okay, we're, Hey, let's try this out guys for a couple of weeks. Let's let him find himself. Hey, look at the numbers. That should have never been a thing to begin with. All right. Oh. Lurie Garcia was never supposed to be in the lead off spot. Look at his nine numbers compared to his one numbers. I, so does that make sense? You know, the, like the day that he is done, I'm taking a day off of work. We're going to have a nice meal together. You and I, my treat oh, too. Man. My treat. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. great. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, well, it might not be for a while friend, I, but, but <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I got time to save up. Maybe he's involved in some of these trade conversations that'll never happen. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I just, um, I think Griffol has said it too a little bit in his some of his comments of how important you know the early months are and in creating that culture and playing with urgency and not sitting back uh, on your heels and 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 materializing and kind of waiting for the season to come to you, uh, which is kind of what the White Sox yeah. do in the off season. They wait yeah. for things to come to them, like attack. You know, yeah. play to win. Just, you know, don't play just to not lose. Uh, you know, go ahead. You know, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I think, again, that'll be the fun part about as we, you know, you said three weeks until spring training. I don't think we'll get much out of, you know, what, you know, what kind of guy Pedro Grafal is 
from a manager perspective, you know, in spring training really, but, you know, as this season starts and progresses and goes, um, I'm going to give him a, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt there's going to be a honeymoon phase with, with this, right. There's going to be, there's always going to be mistakes made, whether it's, uh, him or, uh, you know, a three-time world series champion manager. Um, but I, I'm excited to see, you know, his, his thought process, the situations he's going to put his guys in, how he manages that bullpen. It'll be a night. It'll be an interesting talking point. Uh, because there will be games where we're going to question uh, decisions that are made. But again, I'm, I'm just hoping that he's a guy that's going to be like, okay, I, I don't need to be real cute here, right? I'm going to take all the information that I have in terms of the analytics and all that kind of stuff. But just some things are just too simple to to try and, you know, to, to try and work around and make make yourself feel too smart right? Just manage the game. And I, that's why I, I still do. And, and I know you do. I love an Ozzie Gian. It's like, get guys on a roll and get out of the way, mm-hmm. right? Get them on a roll yeah. and get out of the way. Yeah. So work really hard to get everybody pulling in the, on, on the same end of the rope, get the lineup to where it needs to be, where it's the most successful and get the hell out of the way <laughs> and let the guys play. That's what I'm really hoping for in a Pedro Grafal. That's yeah. And if they get in their rhythm and then, you know, it starts rolling that way, then yeah, absolutely. Like, don't try to tinker with it. I I think there's a, there's a preparedness, you know, Mm -hmm. and and he has talked about uh, how the Kansas city Royals approached the white Sox and and the vibe that he got other that from other teams of how they approached the white Sox last season, just especially in terms of outfielders take extra bases on the white Sox outfielders because they don't have arms because they're not actually outfielders, yeah. you know, and, and that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for from this white Sox team that hopefully he can bring and his new coaching staff that he's familiar with. I feel like I wouldn't say it's necessarily handpicked, but a lot of these new faces, he has had some sort of relationship with him uh, and, and he's bringing them in. They've had healthy communication and how this white Sox team, you know, attacks, tries to catch you off guard, tries to exploit an opponent's weaknesses, whether it's grabbing an extra base or, you know, catching a third baseman napping, um, you know, whatever it can be, it's, it's the game within the game within the game. And, Mm -hmm. and you win those little battles here and there and and, and it adds up, but you got to have the mentality and the approach. You got to be prepared to do that. Like this is our focus. And, I, I hope he's the guy that, you know, ever, all the talk has been great, uh, but I really hope, um, you know, heading into spring training and, and out of it, like we actually see some action. Um, you know, he talked on, uh, Griffol was a guest, and I think it was Bruce Levine's show, uh, 670 The Score this past weekend, and uh, talked about just the closer role a little bit, and it, it could be committee. You know, I don't like hearing that, but obviously the Sox have to deal with some situations here. Uh, is that we're all, you know, thinking about uh, Liam Hendricks and, and his battle that he's going through. Uh, but the Sox, you know, may, maybe it is it, depending on the night. I, I I don't like it that way, but Graveman, I mean, how often did he pitch back-to-back nights anyway? It, it wasn't you know? many nights, so it's going to have to be uh, bold, or, you know, closer by committee if you're in situations night after night where it's got to be a, you know, a safe situation. So, you're probably not if he pitches, I don't know, more than 25 pitches in, in a save situation, he's probably not going to be available the next night, wouldn't you say? I, I from what I saw, and it's it, but he also had like this this game plan of workload management that he presented, I think, to the White Sox staff mm-hmm. uh, during the season or at the beginning of the season, like based on my history and everything. This is how I want to approach this season. Like he had a lot of data. You know, I, I don't know if that changes, if he's feeling healthier, if he's been able to, you know, uh, regroup and, and has a different maybe workout program or, or however, but I, it can't just, you, you can't be limited to like, well, Hey, if I get to a point, I can't, I can't be the next day. Uh, yeah. that, that, that could sting a little bit, but you know, I, that, that'll, that'll, I think, sort itself out in spring training. Wasn't it uh, Roger Dorn in Major League? Wasn't it Dorn, the third baseman, that would, like, olay everything? And it just seemed like guys had to get on him to, like, be engaged and be part of it. That's what I feel like. It's like, dude, just we need you tonight. You need to get over this workload management stuff. 
everybody's got a, a, a every you know a, a, a tough road to hoe here. We need yeah. you. Get over um, it. So uh, again, another AJ Prasinski. Like he he had some good ones throughout the season when he did the national game. He does a nice and, job. And, AJ's and, uh, uh, you know transitioned nicely. Yeah. into the booth. And I don't know if it was Aloy or uh, who, what, one of our many players last season uh, was dealing with some leg soreness. I, th- I think it was AJ Pollock, actually. Oh, God. Yeah. And uh, dealing with some leg soreness. And this was like August or something. And AJ Brzezinski said, Leg soreness. Uh, everybody's got leg soreness. It's late August. Okay. <laughs> That's what happens when you're a baseball player. And I thought it was just a brilliant, like, call out of mm-hmm. that's the grind, you know, yeah. like, Nobody is healthy right now. Everybody's dealing with these just, you know, nagging little injuries here and there. Like, suck it up, buttercup. Um, yeah. You know, you got a division to win or or at least, you know, try. Uh, so I, I, that, that you know, hopefully some of that changes and there's, there's a different mentality there. Um, Oscar Colas, no surprise, is going to be given every opportunity, uh, you know, to prove that that he should be the right fielder. Um, feels a lot like a couple seasons ago when when Andrew Vaughn was pushed pushed yeah. hard you know as potentially the DH um and then you know Aloy uh, tore his um was it his pectoral muscle uh, leaping for a yeah. Uh, trying to rob a home run in spring training. And then all of a sudden Vaughn got into a different situation, but it felt like we don't have a le- legit DH heading into the, to the season, but Andrew Vaughn's going to be the guy. I, I think he can actually do it. Uh, and he, he was very unproven, you know, and I don't expect much from Oscar Colas. I, I really don't. I, Hey, I, I've heard good things. Um, the scouting report is uh, refreshing uh, I think he's going to struggle, you know, um, I think the, I think that's just how it goes, right? Yeah. Like, you're not going to come into the league and, and just mash. You might have moments, you might have Mercedes moments, uh, and then you're going to quiet down. And then can you handle the quiet down? You know, can you regroup and handle the funk? Who's the mentor to Oscar Colas? You know, Abreu's gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's stepping up is the veteran that's going to take some of these young guys um, and say, Hey, look, you know, this is how it's going to go. And don't get, you know, don't get too high. Don't get too low. This is what we need out of you. Like, hang in there, man. It's a journey. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. It would be, you know, amazing if we had a, a you know, just a, a, a guy on our hands that was a, a superstar right off the bat, but that, you know, very rare does that happen. So, you know, I don't think there can be much expected out of him. It'll be, It'll be nice to have him in a lineup and, and not have to really count on him for too much other than just to grow, right? We're, we need you to grow into, you know, a, a difference maker, maker maybe down the stretch and as hopefully we enter a playoff run where you're now you've gone through those failures and those ups and those downs of the season. And we've been able to survive and thrive with you while you're doing that, Right. Yeah. If, if it's a, if it's a situation where it's like he sticks out like a sore thumb and man, we, it's always him on the lineup when we, and, and it is always turning the batting order when we've got somebody on and we need a big hit and he fails again because he's flailing at breaking balls out of the zone because that's what typically young players do in this league is they, you know, they can't, they aren't disciplined enough to, to not swing at those pitches. So, you know, again, I, I'm fine with him if we can be strong enough as a team around him to, again, weather those ups and downs and, and enjoy at the same time and enjoy the big moments he will have, because he'll have some nice moments as a young player and a power hitter that he is. Can I tell you what could be a best case scenario for the Chicago White Sox? It's not my Please dream. Do. It's not my dream scenario. Uh, but this is what we're, de- what we have. Okay. This is for, this is right field right now. We've got Oscar Colas, Gavin Sheets, I'm sorry to say, and and maybe Aloy Jimenez is going to take some reps over there. Okay, maybe it's going to sound like a good idea, but the reality is not just going to be there. We'll see, but don't be surprised if Aloy Jimenez is roaming right field for a little bit. I think the best case scenario is Gavin Sheets has an unbelievable spring training. He mashes the ball. He's locked in. He looks serviceable in right field. There's no face planting. 
You know, he, he's he's hitting the cutoff man. And, Can you just not face plant? Just, That's hey, all listen, we're asking for. You're, 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 no, no face planting, please. Just don't trip yourself up. Just don't. We don't need that. Bill, the hat flying all. It's a bad look for everybody. Just don't do that. Um, Gavin Sheets has a great, just a great <laughs> Glendale. And they say to Oscar Colas, we need you in AAA for a little bit. You know, we, we, we just, we want you to get your swing right, you know, mature just a little bit, you know, maybe three weeks, you know, maybe a month. I don't know uh, because Gavin Sheets just killed it in spring training. Instead of it being like, Ooh, I don't know who we're going to go with. Let's go with Colas because that's the exciting guy right now. And he's, he, maybe he's not quite ready and he struggles and it's in, and it's a problem to get back right you know um mm-hmm. with his swing maybe he's trying too hard and all that stuff that's not my favorite scenario but i think personally that could be the best case scenario well i i'm okay with that too nick but my goodness gracious i just cannot <laughs> I, I don't know if i can stomach a, a season where we're starting out again where you're you're asking someone that doesn't play outfield to play outfield i hear it just, you it just, i know it but that's the, those are the cards that are on the table wall. right now. You know, Good those are the Lord in heaven. Those are the cards that we have. And if Gavin, she's been working at it. Um, hey, you know, maybe he's maybe something happened in the offseason where he is all of a sudden become uh, a right fielder. I don't believe it. And I'm just trying to talk myself into this yeah. positivity. Uh, but I worry about Oscar Colas not getting off to a hot start, maybe. And just trying too much because he's been hyped up, and maybe he's believing in the hype a little bit, and and yeah. then it then that that's a tri- that's a that's a tough spot. You know you what know? though? I, if an Oscar Colas can can, I'm okay if he's not you know ripping the cover off the ball to start, but if he's giving me a, a plus defensively and can cover some ground and and he can run the base as well see the, there's point. a lot yeah. more to the good just point. Good you point. know all that stuff because he's not going to be put up in the lineup where it's really going to make too much of a difference he's going to be put down probably in the in the lower third i would assume because he's a young player and and let himself try and work himself into the year if he can prove himself to be again just some do some simple things some fundamental things well play a solid enough right field for us. That's better than, than a Gavin sheets run the bases and give us something there and do those types of things. Well, and you can probably break, break camp with this club. What I want to see when I go to spring training and, and when I'm watching right field specifically, and if he's out there uh, and, and he has an opportunity to make a play, I don't want to kind of say to myself, like, uh, wow, uh, he actually looks like he knows what he's doing. I, I want it to just look like like natural or, yeah. you know, like like he is in control out there. Uh, he knows what he's doing. Um, but you're right. You know, if, if Collis is serviceable with the bat, okay, maybe he's not, you know, nothing to write home about power-wise. That, that'll show up eventually, we hope. I'm sure that he's going to have to figure out major league pitching, which is going to be an issue. Everybody, you know, has dealt with it. Uh, but if his defense is there, I get that point. You know, I, mm-hmm. I would probably lean towards the defense, yeah. you know, because it's been so God awful Nick, yeah. over the last couple of years that, you know, even just doing the routine things, right. Like breaking on, on a ball, whether it's to oh, the line first break, or in the sure. gap and, and, and God for, you know, having communication with your center fielder and, where you're not angle. always yeah. taking a route to a ball I- instead of just these weird roundabout like cul-de-sac moves where yeah. you're you're just you're you're basically telling you know the hitter like go ahead and take second if you're thinking about third you might want to because as soon as i get this ball i don't know if i'm going to be able to throw it there yeah uh, yeah so th- those are the types of things i'll take that i'll take i'll take a little bit of a minus in the lineup if i can get some solid you know because again we need to be able to save some runs too it's not always about just scoring the runs yes 100 it's like I get geez that. louisa but you know but i am so starved for power and, and just offense that that's where my brain is at because of last season but i agree with you defense oh was absolutely but nick when it gets horrible. warm wait till it gets oh, warm yeah. nick oh yeah yeah, balls will be flying out. Yes, uh, yeah, your neck's gonna night. break looking over your yeah, shoulder. All these balls just leaving the ballpark. Night. Yeah, uh huh. 
speaking of defense, um, let me just say this to you, Pat. Nick Madrigal. Um, what? How would you feel if Nick Madrigal uh, was back in a White Sox uniform playing second base in 2023? Nick, tell, tell the fine folks that are that are watching this live and they're going to listen to this later. What I said to you when we talked before we started recording, what was it I told you to, that I would rather have? Oh my goodness. Um, you were not happy. I do remember that. I, you uh, know, the, that what I said was I, a, a lot of people have them. Usually they're, um, older age and, and usually they're, they're females that have the, the, uh, plastic or, <laughs> or the geese statues, you know, the those stone. little geese, yeah, the, the stone. stone. And yeah. then they dress I mean, them up, right. They yeah. dress them up for the holiday. So it's all different you know, seasons. Yeah. yeah. It's Valentine's day coming uh-huh. up. So we'll put some, Heart glasses on the goose and a little yeah. pink tutu, something mm-hmm. like that. Something fun. Well, St. Sure. Patrick's Day, we'll put it, you know, we'll, we'll we'll vast, we'll, yes, yeah. yes, sure. yes, 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 yes. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have that stuck out there at second base oh, than have Nick Madrigal come back mm. and, and be our second baseman. Is that, yeah. I, I, again, I honestly would. I'd rather see what we have in, in you know, our guys that we are that we where's have bill veck when you need him i feel like that's a perfect <laughs> bill veck promotion um my team confused. is on the field <laughs> and this is who we have well you have a goose out there sir you have a that as i my said team is on my the field. team is on the field um i hey i i do not want to see nick magical back uh i feel like that would be an admission in in so many ways to just the failure and the ineptness that we already know as white Sox fans uh, of what the organization is all about. Uh, but those were the rumors recently. Um, and the Cubs, you know, I don't know if they have a spot for Magical. I think Magical himself is wondering, uh, where am I going to be playing? How is this going to work out? And uh, our friend, the White Sox whisperer, Bob Nightingale, uh, had a little oh, blurb about it and said, you know, uh, not sure what's going to happen with the Chicago Cubs and their second base situation. Uh, but, you know, who is looking for a second baseman? Yep, the Chicago White Sox. Um, See, that's what worries me is the fact that he said it. He's starting so, yeah, to plant I, I the seed, man. Well, then I might as well just get myself ready for it. Okay, so uh, Nick Madrigal, again, this will go back to the similar conversation I had about uh, about Colas, right? We, we're, I'm, I have zero expectation. You're never going to hit – you have 3,000 hits. So whatever you thought at, at one point in your life where you're going to get 3,000 <laughs> yeah, hits. That's, that's why ridiculous. you don't want him back because of well, 3,000 Well, just because he thought he was – yeah, well, that was moronic. But, okay, just do the other things. Run the base as well. You were a terrible base runner. Let's let's work on that. Number two, can you just field a position? That's that's uh, if you're going to be on the team, arm strength, questionable. If you're going to be on this team, you need to be able to do those little things really, really well. I could give two shits about uh, Nikki, two strikes and and your singles, you know, that you're going to get here and there. I just I don't care about it. If you're going to be my second baseman, I need you to just do do what normal people do at second base and do what normal people do on the base paths, too. Mm hmm. You know, is he, that he, just, he just didn't seem like it felt like the game was going a million miles an hour for him. Well, he and, was going uh, a million miles an hour. You know, <laughs> do you remember watching Scooby Doo when when Shaggy would like start to run and it, he'd like levitate and the legs would go like before all he the would dust, all the, the he, smoke <laughs> behind. Yep, and mm-hmm. then, yeah, yeah that's yeah. how I felt watching him run. It mm-hmm. was like a cartoon character. Yeah. Well, you know, I, uh, I, I, I appreciated the fact that we were being sold on a guy that didn't strike out. That was the big selling point. Here's a guy that's just never going to strike out. You're going to love him. Uh, he's never going to do anything else either. He's, he's going he's gonna to be our next Nelly Fox. Uh, he is going to just be a you know, hits king. And uh, he, he gets on base. You know, he's got a great eye, got a great approach. And... I bought it, man. I, I really did. I listened to uh, his head coach for, was it from Oregon State? Uh, he was on Chuck Garfine's podcast a million years ago. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think this is going to work out. Uh, we don't, yeah, stop the strikeouts. Uh, we mm-hmm. just need somebody that can, you know, put the, and he wasn't having a horrible year until he, what, tore his hamstring, uh, what was it, in 2020. It seemed like yeah. he was starting to maybe, you know, pick up a little bit, you know, hitting the ball in the gap, some doubles, but he couldn't get out of his way in any other spot. So you think about it, Nick, that was, that kind of goes back to the same like scenario I was painting before when the team was successful, 
when the entire team is six, you can live with a guy like a Nick Madrigal. So I'm going into this season off of a, of a 500 season where you didn't, you know, you, you came in, what did we finish? Did we finished third in the division. I can't even remember now, whatever we finished, it was well below where we thought we would finish the, the season. And now you have a lot of questions and what ifs and a new manager and, da, 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 da. and you still have this question mark at second base. And we keep bringing up this guy, Again, you could talk me into a Nick Madrigal at second base as long as the rest of the team is functioning the way it should. You can live with that hole in your lineup. Uh, really, you can. I want to start the Edwin Encarnacion for DH. Like, let's bring oh him. God. Let's get him back. Like, folks, let's 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 figure that one. I'd like to start. Like, who's another? Who's a right fielder? Like, is Adam Eaton still playing? Uh, <laughs> is, is he still available? <laughs> Like, let's, oh, what about, what, what, what if we gave him another chance? What if we were so off oh, on Adam Eaton? What if we tried it? Like, what if we just tried it? And, and it was just absolutely great. And, uh, you know, like, I, I don't like that game. Like, I don't like that game. I, I don't want to be playing that game. I want to go after premium talent. Uh, and, and I, and I want to, I, 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 nothing's a sure thing. But there are some things that are like pretty close. White Sox know. baseball, lightning in a bottle. <laughs> that, that'd be a great giveaway night. And also, I cannot believe that we've gotten through 51 minutes of this episode <laughs> yeah. and you haven't brought up uh, the, the promotional nights yet. The pr- promotion does that get its own? Does that like we have to do a standalone, like, like yeah. a Friday, like a primetime yeah, episode? That- that is going to be, yeah, you can't be dropping this on me at this time. Well, um, I'm just surprised it wasn't brought up. Well, I, I, cause I'd like, you know, I'm going to model maybe some of the previous <laughs> promos <laughs> and, and uh, the, the Hawaiian shirts, of course, and all the other fun items. Uh, it's a nice list. It's the initial list and it's been out for a little while, but oh, starting okay. to see some of the images now for the first time, at least I've been seeing them recently. And, uh, that Hawaiian shirt looks nice. Um, I'll be there. Those bobbleheads. There's only two right now that they're talking about. Oh which God! Is low. You know they're they, you know they're going to throw more bobbleheads. The, the, the lines for the damn bobbleheads are crazy. Oh yeah. Uh, well, they're unorganized and uh, holy. I can. I've got stories beyond stories of what I've seen in those lines. Uh, you know, when when the when the gates go open, it's just <laughs> oh man, it's uh, Mad Max. So. Uh, yeah, we'll talk promos eventually. Uh, I, I want to talk, uh, some odds, uh, the early odds. Mm-hmm. Now, I was on FanDuel and, you know, different odds and different sites, and this is early. So if you're thinking about putting some money on, uh, the White Sox, you might want to get it now because uh, I think this team, uh, I think this team will win the AL Central and obviously, uh, the odds are uh, not going to be in your favor as the season goes on, but to win the AL pennant, Sox are, are plus, uh, 1440. Okay, mm. that's as of a couple days ago. New York uh, Yankees and Houston Astros, they're best at plus 300. Okay, so Sox, you know, further down for the AL pennant. Now, for the AL Central, the Sox are tied with Cleveland uh, as the odds on favorites to win the AL Central at plus 160. So they're tied with the Guardians uh, for the Central. Now, let's talk uh, AL MVP. Now, Shohei Otani, he's going to, you know, he's going to be the leader probably for majority. He's at plus uh, 220 uh, to win the AL MVP. First White Sox name, a little ways down, is Luis Robert. Uh, He's at plus 5,000. A bit of a stretch right now, according to FanDuel. But, hey, if Luis Robert stays healthy, and he has a oh, breakout you're, campaign. You're going to talk us into putting some money down on Luis Robert. It's great I, I, value. At these odds right now, at these odds, you know, it's not a Nick, bad idea. Nick, have you ever idea. placed a bet in your life? Yes, like a, like, I placed uh, a bet. I, when uh, we, like you and I action. went to Vegas. No, we, I mean like I'm one of these. Uh, I, this is, so this like is all Like in the back right? alley somewhere here on yeah. the south side with somebody <laughs> that. Yeah, you, you know, got a guy. Uh, <laughs> I think, okay, I think this is going to be our first show bet. You and I. So be it. I, I don't know. Would you uh, not bet on Luis Robert right now? Would you put? I would. Put I would. Any money I think, on him? No, I would. I I, I put a, a a shekel down. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where your what your comfort level is uh, to to put down dollar wise, but yeah. at plus five thousand. Mm-hmm. I mean, why the hell not? That's what I'm saying, and I just don't. Uh, they haven't listed at Luis Robert Jr. By the way. Um, which is n- neither here nor there. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, Does it bother you? I, I just 
it was like when Dusty Baker all of a sudden it was he had oh Baker Jr. on the back of his jersey out, out of no. Okay. Anyway, I think this is the time to do it. You put it in because he's the guy, man. He's Mr. Danger. Uh, I think it's going to be the year of year of Vaughn. I think Aloya Menes is going to have some really good numbers, but he's the man. Robert's the guy that can really take Here, his team. Uh, here's the thing, Nick. If that is the case, if he now this is going to sound really stupid when I when it comes out of my mouth, oh, but if go. he wins the MVP mm. because he hasn't even sniffed it in the past, and because mm-hmm. he's not the national name, that would mean he would have had to have one hell of a year. Right. Like he'd have to have a year beyond year. Like it can't be close. Well, and the socks would have to have just an right. unbelievable. Exactly. Year. So it's yeah. like it can't be it, it can't be like, well, him uh, trout trout didn't have as good a numbers, but because it's trout, he's he's gonna get the nod, right? Or he's not Otani. Otani maybe gets the nod because of whatever. Like it sometimes there's there's that popularity contest that comes into play. I understand it. Oh, I understand it. And and I feel like, you know, uh that's kind of what happened in the Cy Young, although Dylan C's kind of fell off a little bit towards mm-hmm. the end of that season. And, and Verlander, I think everybody was all in a lather with, you know, well, Verlander was on the, and, on the IL for a while though, too. Yeah. He was on the shelf and, and C's could have took advantage of that and didn't quite do yeah. that, but still uh, amazing year from Dylan C's. Now in terms of Cy Young odds, get this one, get, get this Pat, L- listen to this closely. C's is at plus 1000. Okay. On FanDuel plus 1000. Who's ahead of him? Carlos Rodan is at plus nine fifty. Do you does that strike you? It's just kind of funny. I just kind of laughed. I was like, "That's that's funny to me that Carlos Rodan is ahead of Dylan C's." That if you if it was you only if the White Sox drafted Carlos Rodan and developed him, that would have been so crazy to have Carlos Rodan and Dylan C's in the same rotation. What kind of <laughs> what kind of a outlook on this season would we have if we had uh, Carlos Rodon still in the, on this team? Would it be completely different, slightly different, or the same? If Car- if the Carlos Rodon that just did what he did in San Francisco, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, if if Jerry if back and found if somehow some way we we paid the the premium price that the Yankees paid. What kind of an outlook on the season? Is it slightly different? The same? What do you what, what say you, Fuzzy? I, I tell you what, we wouldn't be talking about Luis Rise leaving the AL Central. <laughs> uh, we wouldn't be That's talking about true. you know Hawaiian shirt giveaways. Probably uh, true. I think if they did that and they brought Carlos Rodan back, I feel like why stop there? Uh, you know, mm. and, and if you're going to play that game, that means they gave that amount of money and that something happened. Like Jerry just was like Brewster's millions. He's trying to like give away all of his money as fast as he possibly can. And there probably were a couple other players that came in and we're looking at now AL elite, not just, um, yeah, we could probably win the AL central. We're like top five okay. um, in, in the American league. Well, That's, I, you know, I, you know I, I do. So we do, maybe we look for a little bit better value on it, on it than Dylan Cease, but I don't know. We'll, we'll, uh, maybe yeah. we'll play with that one a little bit, but I, I'm, yeah. I, I'm willing to put like a, a you know, a, you know, a couple marbles down on, on <laughs> Luis Robert. Right. Uh, with you, can I do it with yeah. you? Because I don't, yeah. I don't do. You are going to go on a, on a bet. Okay. I'm not opening an app of any kind. Okay. You seem right. to know what you seem like a very experienced gambler. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yes. yes. Um, well, I, you know, what if I just brought in like a stone goose uh, <laughs> somewhere? And I was just like, I'd like to wager this. Do you take interesting wagers? Uh, is this kind of like a pawn shop Why betting service? Could I maybe bring this in uh, and just as collateral? I'm good for it. Um, I don't know how you send that in over the app, though. Do you have to take a picture of it? And I think send you'd it? have to that just okay. to know that you're in possession of a yeah. stone goose. Um, yeah, but I think uh, I think, Robert, that's that's a nice bet right there. I'm looking at that. Uh, just just if we're going off of everybody, stay healthy. Everybody get back to form. Ooh, that's one guy that if he gets back to form and stays healthy, watch out. All right, Watch you, out. you, you right. make the bet, and, okay. and I'll, uh, I'll, Sounds I'll, good. I'll, I'll pay you later. Uh, Pat, always a pleasure talking White Sacks with you, my friend. Wow, this is a this is a great episode, a lot of fun. Maybe yeah. we could do it again, and maybe we'll have a second baseman by next week. What's the odds on that? 
Um, odds are not good. And oh uh, odds are even worse that you're going to like the person that it could be. <laughs> so let's not even, let's not even. Either way, yeah. either way, we'll, we'll have a date for next Sunday night, yeah, my friend. That sounds, that sounds wonderful. Folks, uh, thank you so much. If you were able to consume this uh, podcast uh, uh, on YouTube, uh, if you didn't, uh, check out that channel of ours, subscribe and uh, check out the next live uh, recording. You can find this podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcast. Pass it along to other Sox fans in your life. We're on Twitter at GoodGuysTV. We've got a Facebook fan page. Uh, for Pat Hester, I am Nick Morowski. Until next time, go Sox.